0: Hi, I'm Damien Kernahan, and welcome to the Service Design Show.
1: In the Service Design Show, we talk to people that are shaping the service design field. In this episode, my guest is Damien Kernahan. Damien is the founder of Proto Partners, which is the very first service design agency in Australia, and he just told me he met one of our previous guests, Ada Grosscam Abing, through Twitter. Uh, and they are still very close friends. Uh, we'll be talking about business value and service design, in particular how to link the things we do in service design to the value it creates for business. If you're interested in that, make sure you stick around till the end of the episode. Welcome to the show, Damien.
0: Thank you very much, Mark. Nice to, uh, nice to be on, nice to, uh, to to see you finally. finally.
1: Um, we're a bit in a time zone difference, so it's pretty dark uh, and winter at your place and it's not a quite sunny day in Utrecht, but it's a, it's a summer day in Utrecht. It's a summer day and
0: I, I, always, um, I always monitor the weather in, in Holland because I've got a good friend, Eric, who was on your show uh, last week. And um, I always like to see the difference between Sydney weather and, and, uh, and Dutch weather. Yeah. And I think yeah. even though it's, it's deep in autumn here, I think us, our days are still warmer than yours. But hey, you're on the cusp of all these wonderful countries and we're in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. So it comes and goes, doesn't it?
1: Damien, so let's jump right in. And my question to you would be, what is your very first memory of service design?
0: Ah, it's a very vivid one. I was—I uh, started my firm, ProtoPartners, in it was, uh, May 2008, uh, about three months before the financial crisis. I think you call it the financial crisis in Europe. We call it the GFC down here. And um, it was all going swimmingly well for about three months um, until the financial crisis hit and then our revenue stopped. Hmm. And um, I had a partner at the time um, and long story short, but we never talked about how much financial runway we had. Um, and his was short and mine was a little bit longer. So he left uh, six months after we started the business, just before Christmas, he left um, the business and he went back to find a job and I decided to stay. And we just had our, our second son. So I went off on our summer holidays because down here it was summer in December, January. So I went off for three weeks and I came back. And at the time I had, um, uh, had no clients and um, the economic situation was pretty bad around the world. And I... I remember coming back and thinking, well, what am I going to do? And I sat at my desk all by myself. I said, what am I going to do? And we had been, a, for that first six months of our life of product partners, we've been a, a, um, a product innovation firm. We tried to be, but there really just wasn't the market for it here in Australia. So I remember somebody saying to me a few months earlier, you should look at service innovation. And I'd kept it in the back of my mind. And we'd followed this design thinking approach to product innovation. So I'd been reading about and studying design thinking for a long time, um, but we hadn't really looked at service innovation. So I literally came in on on the first morning I came back to work, mid-January 2009, Mm -hmm. and I Googled Mm -hmm. service, uh, I think it was design thinking and service innovation Mm -hmm. or something like that, or design service innovation. And up popped... This link to, and I think it was called Journey to the Interface. I think it was written by Joe yeah. Heepy. Yeah. Some yeah. other lady who I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. But it was an 80-page book. And I think it was it was about social design, more social design than service design. But for memory, it was about 80 pages long. And I had a beanbag in my office. I printed out the whole book. I um, I sat down in my beanbag and I read it from cover to cover mm-hmm. over the next hour and a half. And when I got to the end, I thought this is the most amazing thing that I've ever heard of. I cannot believe how exciting it is. And I I rang my wife and I said, darling, we are getting into the service design business. And she said, the service design, what? I said, it's the service design business. It's going to be the next big thing. We're getting into it. she said, if you say so, darling, I trust you. And I hung up the phone and, um, I went from there, that's a little bit more of a story, but that, that was my first memory of service design in January 2009.
1: And, and I, I was looking at our conversation history and I think it was also 2009 that we actually first sort of met online through comments yes. on blogs and Twitter, it was the same period
0: it was the same period I met Eric Roskamabing and a few others, Mark Stickdorn and a few others online. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was great. So I, I spent the next few months trying to actually work out a methodology of how service design works because Mark hadn't written a book and nobody, did. Neither had anybody else, no. so anyway. No. But I did visit your website a lot as, as I did others.
1: we quite fun times. Um, <clears throat> Damien, let's uh, explain the format of the show for the people who have never seen an episode before. Um, and it's pretty easy. I've got three topics that we can uh, talk about, uh, read them here on a paper, and you have uh, a few papers with question starters, right? Can you show them up?
0: Yes, you've got a few here, so what if? Yeah. They're all good service all good. design questions.
1: So what we'll be doing, I'll, be, uh, I'll uh, pick a, a topic, you'll pick a question starter, and it's up to you to answer the question you've formulated yourself. Easy, right? It should be. Okay. So, let me start with the first one, and um, yeah, this is a topic that's been on the show quite a few times, so I'm interested in um, your take on this, and this is about implementing service design work. What what, what What would be the question?
0: What what, what if we actually implemented more service design work? (laughs) What would be the economic and and customer value? So, um, yeah, so I I was uh, having dinner um, with Kerry Bedeen, who who I think a lot of the service design community would be familiar with. She was down in Sydney um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, organised for her to come down and and talk to some folks, and and she took me out to dinner to say thanks. So we had a really good conversation about service design. And we were... I don't know if we're lamenting, but we're certainly observing the fact that there is a lot, appears to be, both in America and and Australia, a lot of service design work that gets done. And what I'm talking about there is design research, customer journey maps, even some prototypes maybe. But there's very few case studies uh, or examples of work that has gone through from the, the beginning all the way to mm-hmm. the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's it's something that we're working on really hard down here to actually keep on pushing that forward. So we do you know lots of design research work, we do lots of customer journey mapping work, we do lots of value proposition work, we do lots of conceptual work, we even do prototyping work. Um, but we're trying to push through in terms of doing a lot more, trying to do business casing and then the development of that and then taking that through. To execution and implementation. So, Kerry and I were just both talking about that, and she said the experience was similar in America in terms of lots of people doing customer journey mapping and and stopping, Mm. and and clients saying, that's great. And we were sort of questioning each other as to why that may be. Um, So, I'll give you what what we came up with. So, our sense was, or my take on it originally was that in the digital world, so the digital agencies, um, it's pretty sexy to introduce, if you do a bit of initial service design work or there's a concept that comes up and there's an iPad app or an iPhone app or a new website, that's quite tangible. It's quite sexy for people, there are budgets for mm-hmm. it, um, people are used to building all that type of stuff. And so it's relatively easy to actually get that type of work through, because everybody understands it and can conceptualize it, but quite often in the work that we're doing, that's not always an iPhone app or an iPad app or an interface or a portal isn't always the best answer. And quite often a lot of the work that we do, it's the boring stuff, it's the hard stuff, it's the grind stuff, it's the process, it's the policy, it's the people, all that, they're all the things which you need to do. And if you rank them, and we do a lot of choice modeling and the work we do to understand what's most important, next, third, and prioritize that and give a quantitative sense of it, that when you look at that, it's actually... The hard, boring stuff, and a lot of organisations, people are, appear to be less up for it. And so, it's not as they say in communication. You know, it's it's um, uh, it's not it's not what I say it's that I may I communicate in a way that you actually understand what I say. So it's incumbent upon me to actually communicate effectively. And maybe that's the same for service design. Um, as a community, we have to do a better job. We need to do a better job at explaining why they should put in the hard yards and the hard grind and because there is an economic payoff, there's a financial payoff, there's a customer payoff
1: mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it.
0: But we just see that there's a lot of a lot of shiny things. Mm-hmm. Kerry's perspective which I think was also a good one was that maybe the customer journey map is the is the shiny thing. Mm-hmm. That maybe it looks so good, it's visual, it's elegant, it's informative. It looks good on a wall. Yeah. It's the yeah. thing. Maybe yeah. that's our equivalent yeah. of the iPad app, yeah. and maybe a lot yeah. of people think that we should stop there. But mm. I'm not sure that I oh. don't think <clears> you and I <Oscar, throat> we should.
1: Yeah, this is this is like I said. This has been a topic on the show uh, for you know quite a few episodes, and basically this has been a topic for the service design industry since we, we started it. And there's a lot of focus on research and uh, exploration and. Um, um, Everybody is having sort of an urge to translate that into results. Um, and I think it's happening, but like, yeah, like you said, it's not that tangible always, and it's hard to quantify. Yeah so yeah
0: yeah, and I think we, I think we need to do a better job. so you know in terms of including measurements or business casing up front. Um, I think there's more work to be done there. I mean, I, I, I worked briefly for a few years in the advertising industry and I could see, you know, an ad, ad guys would come in and go, hey, look at this great ad. It's going to rock your world. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and then the CRM guys would walk in and go, if you invest $100 with me, I can guarantee you I'm going to deliver $105 or $110 return and in SEO or SEM just keep on coming down and your return, as long as it stays above a dollar investment, there's a financial payback and sometimes I wonder whether the service design is similar to advertising in that sense, not in most senses but in that sense, that when we don't do a good enough job of putting that financial lens up front as to the payback and, and producing the business case.
1: But for me, it's really hard because um, services often are so complex, and there are so many stakeholders involved, so many channels involved. It's really hard to pinpoint, you know, that that the value you've actually created comes through service design. There are so many factors uh, at play.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, you're right. There's, there's lots of channels, and and um, Maybe we'll talk about it later on this, like linking you know, uh, customer experience and service design to value. But yeah, listen, I agree. I, I agree it's a challenge. Um, flip side of that is I think it's incumbent upon us. I mean, I'm, I'm, and please, I don't want you to think about it. I'm sitting here um, uh, saying, woe is me. I think it's actually our responsibility to bring in the skill set um, to actually convince our clients mm-hmm. that they should be doing it.
1: Well, I, I, while we're discussing this, I know I've talked to a, a company that actually quantifies the value they create on a touchpoint basis. So, they don't look at the service at all, or maybe they do also, but uh, they focus much more on quantifying the value per touchpoint, and that's uh, easier to do. So we might have an answer uh, in that, making it, maybe making it smaller.
0: Yeah, and we've done some of that work. We did some of that work with Virgin Mobile a few years ago. Where we actually quantified not only a measurement, so let's a, a, to call an advocacy or customer satisfaction measurement by touch point, or actually per phase yeah. of yeah. To, of the journey. And then we actually put a we actually did the um, connected. We connected it to NPS and and the financial value. So. Yeah. Yes, it's 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 there, but it's. I don't think we're doing enough of it. So listen, we're pushing really hard on it. I mean, and so we understand. I think for the service design industry, that the value is downstream. Even though I think we do a lot of our work upstream in the research and do- design and concepts, I think for us as an industry, the the value is significantly downstream. So I think we need to, to work hard to chase it.
1: Let's uh, let's talk about value. So. Um uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, this is <clears throat> the input I got from you, and it's about clear value proposition. Do you have a question starter that goes along with uh, this one?
0: Um, yeah, why I can't much. Um, um, The best one I think is is how can we? Um, but maybe if we replaced it much with how many uh, <laughs> value propositions. So. We recently went through an exercise a few months ago where we actually went out, uh, we're a big proponents of Lean Startup and, and running Lean, so Ash Maroya, um, taking it that step further than, than Eric Reese, and, and going out and asking our clients what problems we actually solve for them. And I was blown away by the amount of responses and, and it wasn't like one response, there was like 10, 12 different things that we did for all our different clients. Mm-hmm. And so that surprised me that there was so many, there's so much variation in what we actually do. And so to continue the the analogy with our digital friends, you know, if you're a digital agency or you build websites, it's very clear the problem you solve. I need a new website. I need an updated website. Can you go build me one? But for the service design uh, for the clients, we've got a whole range of of answers from you help me cut through the bullshit. At my organization. You you help me make insights actionable. You um, you make things meaningfully simple. You bring credibility to um, the work that we're looking to do. You I mean it just went on and on and on. And so um, you know, following the Ashmaroya model, which I'm a big believer in in terms of what problem do you solve, we solve 10, 12 15 different problems. And so I'm sure there are people in the service design industry have cracked it. We certainly haven't. Um, we haven't cracked it, but we're, we're working on it. We
1: think, we think we're think we getting there. And um, so what does this mean for uh, agencies? Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great question.
0: I think what it means is it's inefficient. Because um, if if you're a big believer in a clear value proposition, I'm sure most people watching this, this podcast will be, um, if you have a value proposition, a clear one, it's compelling, then it's far easier to, to get work, to sell work, mm-hmm. to keep on doing mm-hmm. more work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think for service design, I, I just don't think there's a very clear value proposition that we've been able to, or we've sort of hit upon one uh recently in terms of you know we solve we solve a big problem that your organization um needs to be customer centered whether it likes it or not the big problem is it wasn't built that way and we solve that problem so we've tried to aggregate the whole thing up and we're testing that at the moment so we'll see see how that goes but i think it's it just makes it difficult i think um to grow as quickly as uh, and add the value that we know, I think all of us in the industry who work in it um, know we can we can actually give.
1: So, I, I my feeling is that um, the current wave of customer experience and customer centricity that's that might be the wave where service design fits in really well, as service design provides you with a toolset and a approach to, to deliver on a more customer-centric organization. But uh, if, we, yeah. if we go back five years, customer, um, customer centricity uh, wasn't that big of an issue as it is now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, we're seeing it here in Australia and Australia and New Zealand where we mainly operate is that a lot of organizations are struggling. And I think that's clearly we can add a lot of value there. I think they are struggling in, in um Wanting to do it, but really not knowing how to do it and even if you go in we work with some of our clients and share tools and, and share capability isn't it, it's not just an it's not a simple uh, skill set which you can just pick up and, and action and run
1: and you know I,
0: I do think we do help in actually cutting through uh, for, for organizations at the speed of pace and the tool set that we bring to it I think we can cut through a like, lot faster than you can maybe sometimes internally
1: so um... We have a third topic, and uh, they all uh, overlap and blend into each other, so let's see if we can add something to the discussion we're already having. And this one is called Linking in uh, Improvement to Value.
0: Is there a question starter
1: that goes along (laughs) with this (laughs) one? There's a question starter. I think this one's there. How can we? How can we (laughs) what? How
0: can we link? How can we link? How can we link service design, customer experience improvement to value? So I know we've we've touched on it before, but uh, we, um, uh, I, again, so again, uh, instead of actually coming up with a new product, I invited some clients in um, to our offices here uh, a, few, a couple of months ago, and ran them through a workshop of exactly this. You know, how, would you like to actually understand how to link customer experience to value? And as we said, it's not easy. And there was like there was ten steps to the whole program. But the first three were really just understanding, uh, building a business case and understanding customer lifetime value, um, then looking at uh, the customer journey and then linking that value to various parts in the customer journey. And then there were seven other steps which involved research and everything else that we do in customer service design. And I got back to that very first section of well, how do you quantify it? And listen, we've done it a couple of times before. But even for the clients that we were talking to, there was a sense of, yeah, I, I know you've done it once or twice, but it's not probably the. It's probably not going to work in my organisation. Right. And yeah. how yeah. rigorous is that information, and can it be trusted? So, for me uh, and for us here at Proto, like, we're working really hard on that, and actually to actually develop those those business cases because I think in the in the service design world, the observation is there's lots of designers which bring great credibility clearly business and they're talking about business designs and you have seen on LiveWorks website and, and everybody else is now this introduction of business which wasn't there sort of five years ago. So everyone gets it but I think this sort of h- harder-nosed consultancy, this commercial rigour needs to play a stronger role or maybe it's an equal role <laughs> with with experience or service design
1: what are what are examples that are inspiring to you do you have some examples from uh, from the field uh, of service design cases or maybe different totally different cases that do this well with quantification yes.
0: Well, I think the, 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 the larger management consultancies do it really well. Um, so the McKinsey's and the boozers and the Bain's at this point. I think they do it really well. I think they have a bit of a head start because they're connected at the C-level and they're funding their payment, their payment terms are a little bit different to service designers, I think. But I think what they do is they establish the, I think they do well, they establish the financial case up front. So there's the, there's the customer case and there's the business case. Um, I don't think they do as well in the customer case or the customer understanding that we do, but I think they really do, they build that financial impetus. In fact, I was talking to um, services on a guy who came from, uh, works in a large, uh, very large financial institution here, so bank wealth management organisation. And he, uh, what they were doing is they would married uh, lean um, let's go value stream mapping. What people might like call process mapping, but value stream mapping with ideal customer journeys. And we've done some of this work as well, and we find it pretty compelling. It is very compelling for clients. So you actually design the ideal journey on the top side. On the bottom side, you're actually uh, creating the value stream map or the process map underneath it using a lean, lean methodology. So you're cutting out non-value add but, and inserting value add, but making sure it matches along the top half. Anyway. They've, they did this work a lot at this financial institution. Then they built the business case. And I was saying, you know, how do you make it sexy for them? You know, they we're talking, going back to that sort of iPad app. How do you make it sexy? He said, Damien, when you actually do the business case and you walk in and you say, listen, if we actually do this, it'll drop $50 million to the bottom line. Uh, you know, the CEO gets that's pretty sexy. That's sexy uh, <laughs> enough, yeah. <laughs> sexy enough. Let's go. And so I know we don't all, you know, we, we, we have some banks as clients and stuff like that, but it, it's not always 50 million bucks, but maybe it's 500, it's, it's 5 million, or it's 500,000, it's 50,000, depending on which you scale. Mm-hmm. But actually, spending the time to do that analysis um, mm-hmm. at the same time that we're doing the design research may be something that we need to think a little bit more about. Um, as I say, it gets back to actually bringing in the resources and making sure you have the resources that complement the designers to deliver that. So that's where our approach is. Like we have both commercial strategists and um, we have experienced or service designers. You'll see the sign there. It says Proto Partners Management Consulting. Now, we service design doesn't really exist in Australia. As a like we've in, in eight in eight years we've had one brief. Right. from a client had the word service designer. So we use the term customer experience. At the heart of it, we are service designers, but we've decided, you know, there's, I, I did spend two years trying to sell service design back in 2009, but I we'll realize. So we'll call it, we'll call it whatever clients
1: yeah, wants to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a bit of a different question um, compared to the value discussion we've been having. But when people approach you with a question, and Damien, I want to get into service design. I want to start with service design. What would be your single, single most valuable tip for them?
0: Read. Read a lot. Read an incredible amount. Um, I think I don't know. Remember her surname? I think her first name is Tamsin. Could be Tamsin. I don't know, she was an engine I remember seeing a video back in 2010, I think it was the Portugal or some service design conference and she gave a speech and I always remember it. She said, as service designers, I think she was talking about design research. Design research is where magpies, um, and I think that's an Australian term, right? magpies, magpies, If you got magpies? Crows, magpies. Yeah, It's a scavenger bird. Yeah. And it goes from here, 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 here and here. And and I think we're seeing service design, there is a core, but then there's a morphing. And I know when I first started uh protopartners, I just read for probably read for three years straight, but certainly the first three months to build a methodology. So my advice to everyone is to read. Read a lot. There's what a guy who's way what should should you read?
1: <laughs> Uh,
0: well, they should read a wide array of stuff. So, um, I, I, yes, you should think about design and everyone will talk about that. But I think you should read about uh, Lean Startup um, and Running Lean, so Ash Maroya. Uh, I think there's a whole, a whole range of Lean um, books, so Lean uh, Analytics, there's Lean um, Enterprise. There's a whole range of Lean stuff. So I, we're really big believers in combining that. I believe in uh, reading business books, um, business casing, um, there's a great book on effortless experience which I've just read, um, which I think was absolutely fascinating. Um, what else have I got on my table? Well, at
1: least not stick to the design uh, field. That's what you're
0: saying. I would say, I would say 20% of, of the books are, I'm not a, I'm not a designer. I'm a guy with an MBA with a great love of design and a big belief in design. But I would say 20% of the books I read are about design. The rest are about lean, a version of lean um, startup. They're about business. They're about just general consulting books. They're about customer experience. They're about service innovation. They're about innovation. So, and and you don't have have to buy books. I mean, I say to people who want to get into it, just set up a Google alert. You know, with inverted commas service design, inverted commas customer journey mapping, inverted commas whatever you like, yeah. and have delivered daily into your inbox and and read and read and read. So, that's my advice.
1: All right, and um, th- this is your opportunity to ask a question to the people that are actually uh, watching this episode right now. What would you ask them?
0: Uh, well. I Don't claim to have all the answers. So if anybody listened to, uh, to me and said, listen, I think there's a really clear value proposition for service design, I, I would love to hear it. I, I do remember when I started in service design, trying to define service design as a big thing and I remember you had a pod at a, a, a blog which got a lot of hits and oh, I don't know if it's still there. There's absolutely. probably about 100 people by now and, and it seemed to me that everybody got into service design including myself gave their own killer definition of service design. And I moved on from that a long time ago. But value proposition what is, what is the killer value proposition for the service design category? What problem? What's the biggest problem it solves? I'd love to know um, what, what people think about that. So that's my question.
1: Let us know what's the biggest problem service design is solving.
0: That's great. Far more eloquent than I.
1: <clears throat> Damien, where. Through our time, uh, thanks for being on the show, thanks for giving us uh, the opportunity to, uh, to pick your brain and uh, listen to what you're doing in Australia.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. Really enjoyed it. Speak to you I hope to
1: see you someday uh, back again uh, in the Netherlands.
0: Um, I, might be, I might be in your neck of the woods um, later on this year.
1: Nice. Again, thanks, Damien. What are your thoughts about the topics we've just discussed with Damien? Do you see a clear value proposition for service design? Let us know down below in the comments. If you enjoyed this episode and like to see more interviews with service design pioneers, be sure to subscribe to the channel and check out some of the past episodes. With The Service Design Show, we help you to stay one step ahead by talking to the people that are actually shaping the service design field. Thanks for watching and see you next time.